Everyone has a story, and this is where we hear from you. All right, it's recording and it's in progress. So, um, welcome to the Bobcast. I'm here with our students, with the student panel, and we have a special special guest today. And as always, I'm with my co-host, Mrs. Brothers, and we're here with Houston Craft. So Houston, um, I'm gonna go ahead and start right off the bat with a minute to win it. And we can send you um, a care package from the luxurious Mount Vernon Junior High School. We'll send you a t-shirt or something and uh, maybe some stickers, right? So it's a minute to win it, okay? So here's the deal. In a minute or less, can you tell us who Houston is from early childhood, junior high, senior high, to present, and, you know, philosophy on life, anything we add? So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, when you're ready, <laughs> I mean, no pressure. Okay. pressure. There's a lot of pressure. There is a lot of pressure. <laughs> you're going to get a nice Mount Vernon Bobcat Pride t-shirt. What size do you wear, by the way? Uh, you- medium when I want to look strong. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm starting the countdown. Okay. And go. Okay. I was born in Maine to my parents, uh, Brad and Lisa, and I'm an only child. I always have been. Uh, it's been a part of my life. I moved to Seattle when I was four years old. We drove across country and I remember watching Star Wars in the backseat of our minivan. We got to Seattle. I grew up in a little town called Issaquah. I used to live across the street from a salmon hatchery. There was all kinds of fish swimming around me. And then I swam a little bit further uh, north up to a place called Snohomish. That's where I grew up. I was playing soccer. I was a competitive soccer player. And then my ninth grade year, I was on a ski trip and I broke my ankle. And so I went and I got into theater. Theater brought me to leadership. And when I got to college, I studied theater and leadership. Right after college, I started speaking in schools because I love storytelling and I love being on stage. Uh, And right out of that, I started speaking for seven years and I spoke at 600 schools. And then in 2016, I started Character Strong. I've been doing that for five years. We work with 5,000 schools in 50 states and 16 countries. And that's where I'm at now. When there's stickers on the line, we can do anything. (laughs) Awesome. Now I can't turn my timer off. Cancel there. All right, so we'll go ahead and we'll go with the questions. Round Robin, we'll start with Ms. Brothers. Yeah, so thanks again for being with us and telling us a little bit about Character Strong. I know Mr. Weaver and myself love the stuff that we've seen from your program. We think it's pretty solid. So um, I'm interested to know why you think kindness matters. Mm, I think kindness is the, the foundation of everything that we need. Uh, in our world today. And I would argue that kindness is a behavior. It's a behavior that we can offer ourselves and it's a behavior that we can choose to give towards others in the world. The thing that I believe really deeply is that um, while our world, I think collectively believes in kindness and says it's important, I think we all can probably agree kindness is a good thing. I don't think it's something that we're all very good at. And I think that's because our world has oversimplified it meaning we talk about kindness in really light and fluffy ways. There's like posters that are like, just be kind or throw kindness around like confetti. And it implies that kindness is this really simple choice, that it's easy or free, as simple as throwing around confetti. 
And I would argue that if kindness was as easy as throwing confetti in the air, the world would be like a way more kind place. The reality is kindness, to choose kindness towards ourselves and to choose kindness towards other people is actually really complicated. It requires like a lot of different skills. I think sometimes kindness, for example, requires us to practice empathy, it requires us to think about other people's lives and their perspective, it requires us to listen to people, especially people who might be really different than us or really different opinions than us or think about or, or act in the way in the world in ways that are really different than us. I think sometimes kindness requires patience, right? To choose to be kind to people who frustrate us or annoy us or we disagree with. I think kindness requires humility, right? that willingness to even listen to other people's perspectives. I think kindness requires courage to choose to be kind when we know sometimes when we are kind to someone, it might risk the way people around them look at us or feel about us. Sometimes practicing kindness risks people rejecting us, laughing at us, judging us. Sometimes when we practice kindness, it doesn't always work out. We risk failing, <laughs> we risk failure. And all of those things require us to be the courageous in those situations. And so I would argue that um, kindness isn't free. It's not simple. At the very least, it costs us time and energy. And on the higher end, it costs us a lot more like comfort and, and work. Uh, and so I think that the world needs a lot more kindness, but it's not as simple as it sounds. That was very Okay. <laughs> Two thumbs up from our students, I think. <laughs> Donnie, you got a question for us? What is compensation culture? Compassionate. Compassionate culture. Mm. It's a good question. So um, I, I really like words a lot. Um, I think the way we think about words in our brain shapes the way we act with them in the world, right? So if we think about kindness as a simple thing, then we treat it as a simple thing. If we think about kindness as like really challenging and complicated, it might mean that we have to practice it more. Um, compassion is one of my favorite words. It, the Latin meaning of compassion is to suffer with. So compassion means to suffer with people. Uh, and I like to think about that as like, when we see people around us hurting, we know people around us are, are struggling, right? We, we know that sometimes we're struggling. And to be compassionate is to say like, let me look at your suffering. Let me think about your suffering. Let me think about your world and how maybe I can be a part of helping you. That means to come alongside people and to listen to people. It means to come alongside people and to like understand what they need in ways that help us actually like choose to meet those needs for people. So compassionate culture. The word culture is another funny one. Um, in our work at Character Strong, we talk about culture is behavior, right? The way people behave in a school, in a classroom, in an organization, in our state, in our community, in our world, culture is just behavior. So if we can help create a more compassionate culture in our world, what that means is we're teaching people to suffer alongside others, to understand people better, and we're also teaching people how to like serve people, how to help people who are struggling. And I would argue that at some point in life, all of us are going to be in need of compassion. So the more that we can practice it ourselves, uh, the more likely that we're going to be in a space where we can help others. And at some point, someone can help us. Being compassionate. JC, you have a question? Yes. As humans, how do we make this world better? Well, good question. My, my short answer is slowly. 
Uh, you know, one of, my, one of my favorite fun facts is, it's actually a really scary fun fact, but the research would tell us that 45% of our day is routine. It's kind of weird when you think about it, but it's true. Our brains actually really, really like habits because every time that you and I have to make like a conscious choice, an intentional decision, it costs us energy. Have you ever had to like really think about a choice and like sometimes on the far side of it, you're like, I'm exhausted just from like choosing between <laughs> vanilla or chocolate, right? <laughs> that whole choice can sometimes be like a big deal. And so our brains are always looking for less choices. It's probably the reason you wake up at around the same time every day. You probably, maybe you like brush your teeth and then you shower, you shower and then brush your teeth. You probably sit at the same spot each morning when you eat breakfast, if you do in the morning. You probably travel a similar way to get to school. You probably walk similar hallways. At school, you probably sit in similar seats in those, you, in your classrooms, you probably sit in a similar seat during lunch. You probably get home a similar way. You get the point. You and I, we like really like making less choices. And so 45% of our day, according to research, is actually just habit. It's things that we do repeatedly over and over and over again. So I think about the power of if 45% of my day is habit, my brain goes like this. What percent have I designed to be kind? Have I, have I made choices to build habits in my life towards the things that I say I want to be? I love, my friend Dexter Davis has this really beautiful quote. He says, we're not human beings, we're human becomings. Right? And in order to become something, we have to practice. And so we don't always think about it. Like we're like, oh, I want to become a doctor or a soccer player or whatever it is you want to be in the future. You know that you're going to have to do a lot of practice to get there. But we don't always have the same um, thought process when it comes to things like patience or kindness or generosity or like whatever, like the things that we value, the kind of people we want to be require just as much practice. So I think to myself, if I want to be a kind person, if I want to become kind, more kind in my life, I have to build habits of practice around that thing. And so if we're going to make the world a better place, I would argue that it starts with you and I saying, what would it look like to just make my day 1% more kind? How do I create habits, daily practices of kindness so that over time, those really small decisions can make a really big difference. Makes a lot of sense. All right, so here's, I'm going to turn it over to the eighth graders. And speaking of that small, making big, we're going to go with the next question with uh, Amarasia. She's got a question for you. Um, can you define like a, a small moment in your like out of your whole entire life that um, like has made. Um, a big impact on your life like today has made you who you are today like yeah. a small moment or many so many yeah you think about our, our all of our lives are shaped by those moments and all of our lives are shaped by relationships i can think very clearly about the moment i broke my ankle which took me to theater which took me to being on stages and speaking in schools i can think about the day it was a wednesday in my health class and my health teacher mr avelia was also the leadership teacher at my school. And one day I, I liked making videos. And so I made a video for health class. And Mr. Billy really liked it. And he pulled me aside at the end of the class. And he was like, hey, have you ever thought about joining leadership? And I was like, you know, <laughs> he's like, I think you should. I think you'd be good at it. He needed someone to like help with tech in leadership. So he invited me to be a part of this thing that like ended up really shaping, well, my whole life since then. My life since I ended up going to a leadership camp. And at that leadership camp, I remember sitting in this auditorium and this guy named John Norland was on stage telling a story about kindness over time. 
He used to get to school an hour early every single day and just hold the door open for people. He did it for a whole year, 182 days. He never missed a day. I remember sitting in the audience and being like, that's what I want to do. I want to be consistently kind. I was 17 when I met John sitting in an auditorium. And 10 years later, we came together and he's the one who I started Character Strong with. So I just think about all those little moments from breaking an ankle to someone saying, I think you'd be good at it. To someone in an auditorium telling their story about how they practice kindness and how it influenced me to want to practice it myself. All those little moments shape our big lives. I think you'd be good at TEDx. I don't think you can that. <laughs> I said TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Do you have a TED Talk already? I did one a long time ago. I'm due for an update, though. Okay. Well, let us know when you have that TED Talk. I'm going I'm to give it to Caleb, who actually is our, our star drama troupe guy. He, I mean, he's pretty amazing. And he's going to close us out with some questions. Okay. So, bottle up for this. The most important question you've had in a while. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? My mom's shrimp pasta. Easy. Oh, I can smell. You know when you like can walk in and you you smell when like someone's making your favorite meal. That's such a good thing. And I'm, I'll be I'll be at my my mom's house for the holidays, and I know I'm getting shrimp pasta. I'm already excited now. Thank you. <laughs> Homemade food is just so much better. All right, now to wrap us up with some words of wisdom, give us some craftisms, something from your experiences. Some craftisms. Um, I'm going to borrow from a couple other people isms and then how I, I read into my world. There's this guy named Will Durant. He says, We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. I like that idea. And I like to scratch out the word excellence and replace it with those like value words. I say, like, Kindness is not an act, it's a habit. Patience is not an act, it's a habit. Compassion is not an act, it's a habit. It's something that we become over time through consistent practice. Uh, so I talk and think a lot about that. I also, I remember when I first started speaking, my storytelling mentor, he said, a great speaker doesn't tell you about 10, the 10 different things you need to know about blank topic. It gets really overwhelming when we have to remember lots of different things. He said, a great storyteller holds up a, like a gemstone to the audience. And that gemstone is like a, a truth about life or about the way that we think about each other or treat each other. And he goes, a great storyteller will hold up that gemstone and just turn it really slowly so people can see all the different angles of that same gem. And he said, what is your truth? What is something that you believe to be really true? What's something that you could spend your whole life thinking about and talking about? Um, and I remember 10 years ago, the truth that, I, that was true for me that was and still is, is that fear is a feeling and love is a choice. That we, despite how we're feeling, whether it's a fear of rejection, a fear of failure, a fear of being laughed at, those fears are really natural things. And our brain is designed to protect us from pain, right? Our brain is fear. We use it to protect us from being hurt. But sometimes things like kindness or love or compassion requires us to choose against our feelings, requires us to choose to care for each other or for ourselves, even when it's really scary, even when it's uncomfortable. In fact, I would argue that's the only way that you and I get better at something is when we choose it when we don't feel like it. And so my, my craftism is uh, to choose love. Choose love. That's very why. Good. That's very why. I think our world needs to hear that more often.
Well, I'm with you. There's so much hate and anger in this world. It's like changed. Yeah. And I guess people, you could say that people depend on other, like, they, they just haven't heard that enough. Choosing mm. love over hate and like all the other bad things in this world. And I think that's where we reinforce to you guys that, you know, right now it may feel like your kids in middle school and sometimes I can feel like there's not a huge impact that comes with that. But you are society in the future, right? You are the community leaders, you are the future educators or whatever your you know your path may lead you down. So you can be the change you want to see, right? I'll say this. I need help telling sharing that message. So you can start right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Houston. Uh, again, we want to thank you. Uh, send me an email with your address because you did have the minute and you mm -hmm. well it was less than a minute. Well, actually, right on the on the money. Right I think. On the money. Yeah. We'll send your care package. So just send me an email where you want us to send it. If you want to send it to Character Strong, if you want to send me personally, just let me know. Send me in, in an email. Um, again, we thank you so much. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Uh, we love you. We choose kindness. We, we want to make it normal. All that. And thank you again for taking time to be with us. Enjoy. Also, I love your violin painting. It's really pretty. Oh, thanks. Yeah. My grandma, my grandma owns an art gallery and she, really this wow. is always one of my favorites. It looks like it. I wish I could show you closer, but it literally looks like a photo. The painter is so amazing. It, I don't know. People are good at things I that think, I'm not. You know, talking about perspective, like the whole time I was looking at it, now I see the violin, but from back here, and plus it's probably because I'm old, I think it's like an excavator. Yeah. <laughs> so what? talk about perspective. Yeah, it's kind of blurry back where I am. I don't know. Maybe I, I need to get my see, eyes I was thinking guitar at first, and then I saw the dip. I can tell us a violin. I've just seen violins before, and also your camera, it like kind of focuses on it, and then it like gets blurry again. Yeah, yeah wait. Oh, there it there is. is. Oh, there okay. it is. Jason, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jason thought it was a bulldozer as well. <laughs> yeah, you see the shadow. That's hilarious. Well, no matter what, yeah. very good painting. All right, yeah. well, guys, girls, gals, fellas, we want to wish